conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show. Conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Let's start off today's show with a brief audio file of a few remarks Donald Trump made at a campaign rally in Nevada a week or so ago. Play soundbite one, please. I will secure the elections like never have been secured before. Because if we don't have fair and honest elections, and if we don't have border security, if we don't have strong borders and strong elections, we don't have a country. If you're like me, and many millions of other Americans, you have long had no doubt that Donald Trump won re-election in 2020 in a landslide, politically crushing the communist globalist bootlick, corrupt, and mentally challenged Joe Biden. But that election along with substantially the 2022 midterm election, were stolen through massive, sophisticated, and well-organized election fraud. This included widespread paper ballot fraud, violations of state and federal law, and electronic vote manipulation. That is, flipping of electronic votes cast for Trump to Biden and for Trump-endorsed candidates to those favored by the Communist Chinese Party, CCP, the political left in this country, and their rhino, that is Republican in name only, allies. And there are lots of those. Trump supporters, reviewing early evidence of this election fraud, believe that surely our judiciary would step in and save these elections. But shockingly and deeply distressingly, we were mistaken. Our judiciary, right up to our Supreme Court, has been largely compromised to support the political left, either through intimidation, bribery, or ideology. This sickeningly included the three Trump-nominated U.S. Supreme Court justices, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Gorsuch, who reportedly sided with the leftists on the high court, along with our chief justice, who supposedly was a conservative, but he's apparently a Trump-hating neocon Trump, he was he was brought in by Bush, of course. <clears throat> anyway, they all, all the rest of them, everyone on the court, refused to even consider an appeal by Texas and seventeen other states to look at evidence supporting contesting the twenty twenty presidential contest. Now that excludes, of course, justices. Let's see, we have two of them: uh, Alito and Thomas. To this day, I cannot understand why these three. Justices chose to ignore and turn their backs on America, their oaths of office, and the Constitution, and thus allow the monstrous Marxist revolution to be thrust upon this country by the Biden administration and his handlers and his handlers and supporters. And especially in light of the fact that if ultimately successful, it means the end of these justices' ability to have any real influence over the laws of the land. And now, Despite many still ongoing court cases and matters related to our elections, it seems like most of those of us questioning Joe Biden's ridiculously unprecedented and astonishing 80-plus million vote victory in 2020, you know, when all those votes came pouring in from in the middle of the night after Election Day, 
Most of us have given up on trying to challenge the election. It's the election of 2020 or those after it. We are now, like it or not, forced to focus on the upcoming 2024 election. If Trump and conservatives lose this year's election, we know what it means for our and our nation's future. But what you just heard Trump say, from what you just heard Trump say, it sounds like Trump does have an idea, at least, and hopefully a solid plan on how to secure our elections. Securing the border, of course, will be easy since all he really has to do is follow current U.S. law as passed by our Congress on immigration and border issues. And after all, Trump did this before. Unlike the cabal of communist globalist criminals now largely in control of our federal government, Trump will enforce the law and, as he said, since we really have no choice, begin mass deportations of these many millions of illegal aliens who have flooded into our nation under the traitorous Biden administration. I never thought I'd consider our nation's president and his administration as criminal, but how else do you view people who were willfully refuse or willfully refusing to follow the laws of the land as lawfully passed by our Congress? In my opinion, Joe Biden and his henchmen, among them Mayorkas, Garland, Schumer, McConnell, Jeffries, and so many others involved with or otherwise supporting and cheering on the madness and lawlessness at our borders, should be impeached and removed from office for these acts alone. I realize there are many billions. Well, how do I say this? There are many millions of brain-dead ninnies, at least in this respect, out there in our country who support the current occupant of the White House on his border crisis madness. But there are many millions more of us who do not. I... And while the Biden, the Biden and company border crisis appears insane to people like us, there are definitely there is definitely a method to Biden's border madness. It's all being done on purpose and design. Biden, after all, as I understand it, has always been supported by leftist pro-communist groups and organizations during his long political career. Even though in past years, Joe Biden learned leaned to the left and appeared to be more moderate in his political views. As president, he's shifted decidedly to the hard left politically, as has almost the entire Democratic Party in recent years. And Biden is basically owned by the Communist Chinese Party, CCP, and their capitalist toadies here in the West with all their money invested in communist China, along with the totalitarian-loving fools at the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Don't forget that this enormous mass illegal immigration is hugely profitable for the Latin American cartels and allied CCP-controlled criminal organizations smuggling humans and the deadly synthetic opioid fentanyl that's killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. Besides these activities, the cartels are reportedly heavily involved in money laundering and bribery of politicians in places like Arizona. There are also, they are also said to be operating in all 50 U.S. states. This was stated by the former head of the Arizona Republican Party in a transcript of a phone conversation with Trump supporter Kerry Lake. In that conversation, the Republican leader was offering to bribe Lake to give up her campaign for U.S. Senator from Arizona. On top of this, you have the so-called deep state, the cabal of Marxist and Marxist-leaning bureaucrats and those just bought off by the CCP, largely in control of the federal and some state and local governments. 
for these people, the rule of law means nothing except insofar as they can use the law to advance their goals and objectives in gaining power and tearing down America as we have known it, transmogrifying it into a subjugated socialist world government hellhole. That's how we see it. They may think it's something else, but as I've said numerous times, so many of these fools appear to actually believe that when such a government and societal monstrosity is brought about, they are somehow going to remain rich, free, and powerful. It's like was stated in the George Orwell's novel of the parody, Animal Farm, the parody of communist, totalitarian communist takeover, where the leaders of this coup state that under socialism, everyone is equal. But some are more equal than others. Of course, there won't be a constitution around to guarantee their power and their freedom. This never ceases to amaze me, given that all you have to do is look at history, particularly the history of totalitarian governments around the world, to see what happens to people in positions of power and influence in those governmental systems. To get more perspective on the willful thwarting of our national immigration law in order to overrun the USA with Tens of millions of desperately poor, uneducated people, some undoubtedly with dangerous communicable diseases and or criminal backgrounds. Here's audio from a February 2 segment of NTD.com's evening news program with host Tiffany Meyer. Here she's interviewing NTD and the Epoch Times, that's their sister publication, the EpochTimes.com contributor and Crossroads show host Joshua Phillips, Philip rather about the root causes of this mass illegal immigration. Contrast this with the constantly lying Joe Biden's deception about the border crisis, with Biden recently claiming he's done all he can do at the border. This is yet more Biden doublespeak for he's doing all he can utter, all he can do to utterly destroy America for his CCP and globalist handlers, donors, and supporters. Play sound by two, please. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Joining us now to share his findings on illegal immigration, we have Joshua Phillip. He's a senior investigative journalist at the Epic Times and has researched the border crisis for years. Joshua Phillip, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Hey, Tiffany, always a pleasure. Now, immigration has become one of the major issues for American voters. Now, this administration especially talks a lot about solving the root causes like poverty in other countries. But what about the root causes behind this mass migration that we are seeing at the southern border? Help us understand that. Well, you know, the root cause is that the federal government, mainly the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security, is actively facilitating the mass illegal immigration to the United States. The reality is, and this is... I've been saying it for a few years now. I, I did an investigation. I was at the border. I went into Mexico and I researched it. What is happening is this. The United Nations is running the border crisis and they're doing it using American taxpayer dollars. The organization of the UN running these operations is called the International Organization for Migration. They are giving the you know illegal immigrants literal cash cards, uh, prepaid debit cards, and they're also giving them envelopes filled with cash. 
This was called the conspiracy theory and fake news, you know, before, but just recently the United Nations 2024 budget was released and it's in there. And without a doubt, this is exactly what is happening. They are paying people cash and giving them cards to illegally travel to the United States. Uh, once they get to the border, they then hand off a lot of these operations to various NGOs, nonprofit organizations. Uh, you know, he, there's Hebrew groups, there's uh, Catholic groups, there's Lutheran groups, there's all these you know different religious groups running these nonprofit organizations, which you know are not necessarily tied into the entire religions, but are people operating these at least under the name of religions, which of course gives them some additional legal protections. They are then busing, shipping, flying, and so on these illegal aliens all around the entire United States. And uh, those these organizations also get money uh, from the United States in the form of our tax dollars. And they're also working under the coordination of the International Organization for Migration. In fact, they're even listed as members publicly on the uh, under IOM. Um, at the same time, too, the IOM, International Organization for Migration, has a joint office working directly with the U.S. State Department to coordinate these operations. And so in no way is this organic. This is a well-operating, very intent, very, very intended, you know, it's intended to do this um, operation meant to facilitate the bringing in of millions of people into the U.S., Quite concerning indeed. You mentioned that U.S. tax dollars are helping to fund all of this. Why is the U.N. doing this? What's the reason here? You, you hear two different narratives. Um, you know, of course, they're talking about the humanitarian crisis, and they're saying that these are uh, the narrative they're using to get a lot of these individuals' refugee status and so on is they say that they are climate refugees. They just using the narrative of climate justice. They can claim that these individuals are fleeing the damage of climate change. Um, in re reality, if you listen to what the individuals kind of leading the circus are saying, yeah, what they what they will say is that this is meant to create global equity. They they want to create a, a form of global equality, and that means balancing out the wealth of the you know first world nations, mainly the United States, Canada, and Western Europe, um, with the you know lack of wealth of many of these poorer countries. And so by flooding the United States, Western Europe, Canada, and other countries with the poorest of the third world countries, they believe they can start creating a form of global equity. The other form of that is what they call, and the CCP is pushing this, as is Russia, by the way, the overthrowing of what they call the unipolar world order. It sounds in a way like the loss of freedom or the fabric that the United States was founded upon. Given that this is now openly stated in the UN's 24 budget, what can Americans do who don't want their tax dollars, tax dollars going to this? Well, you know, the funny thing with the border crisis is that it's, it's technically a bipartisan issue. A lot of Democrats don't like it either. New York, Chicago, California, you know, they're going bankrupt paying for it. They, they don't have the money for it. And you have to ask yourself, what makes it so important that the federal government is even suing Texas if they try to secure the border? They're trying to maintain the open border policy. What makes it so important to the federal government that they're willing to bankrupt New York? They're willing to cause, you know, crime and chaos in a lot of areas. They're willing to risk people's lives, sending them to Chicago where it's freezing cold and where you'll die if you're stuck on the streets. It's so important to them that they're willing to do all of this. So what is it that 
they want? What is the real agenda for it? The money that is meant to help Americans is being denied to Americans and being given to illegal aliens violating the laws of our country uh, with what appears to be an intent to you know, lower the living standards of the United States and create a, a system of global equality where we've been lowered from our position, the quality of life becomes worse in order to benefit other countries. And, and I, I don't think that's in the interest of most Americans personally. And given that, what can Americans do if they do want to change this? Well, I, I think the the biggest thing in, in America we have is, of course, the fact that you know we still have elected government, at least for now. <laughs> and um, I do think you should let your elected leaders know if you support it or don't support it. Call them, email them, uh, let them know what's happening. Because we now know for a fact that, yes, American tax dollars are being spent on this. Yes, this is a coordinated operation between the U.S. and the United Nations. And they can't deny it anymore. Joshua Phillip, thank you so much for your time. So not only is the Biden administration working with the United Nations, encouraging the madness of mass illegal immigration to destroy America, but U.S. taxpayers are paying for it. And when there are tens of millions of these people here, that's going to be very shortly, unless something changes. These people are going to be marching through the streets. They're mostly military-aged males. They're going to be kicking down your door to take what you have. That's the idea behind all this. I have no doubt about that. And there will be no police or military around to save you. And the big problem is, how truly free and fair are our elections? We still have elected government, at least for now, says Joshua Phillip. Well, to some extent, yes. But how much? Our elections certainly have largely not been legitimate of late, in recent years, rather. How much are so many of our so-called elected officials going to listen to their constituents? How much does it matter to people like Joe Biden, his administration's minions, and many of our congressional, state, and local elected officials? Hence, we have been subjected, or should I say subjugated, to the monstrous Marxist revolution being thrust upon us. These people could care less about what you think. Still, I suppose it's worth a try to contact your elected representatives in hopes of being able to influence them in this regard, and others, hopefully, too, in in the causes of freedom and the preservation of our country as we have known it. Moving on with today's show, it's obvious the deep state, as it is called, now largely in control of the government has no intention of giving up their newfound powers over us. Besides our judiciary, we believed our intelligence community, including the FBI and CIA, would be able to save us from all this election fraud and this foreign interference. But we have since found out that even they, or at least many among their leadership, have been in on the plot to take over the USA by the totalitarian communists and globalists. This only adds to the anxiety and uncertainty of our upcoming critical 2024 election. Here's audio from an interview by commentator Lee Smith on his Words That Matter program on NTD television, January 26. And this is an interview with an author, J. Michael Waller, about his new book, Big Intel, How the CIA and FBI Went from Cold War Heroes to Deep State Villains. In other words, 
how communist ideology infiltrated U.S. intelligence services and turned these government agencies, which were meant to protect America, into the country's most dangerous adversaries. And this is according to text accompanying the link to the program on ntd.com. Play soundbite three, please. Welcome to Words That Matter, a modern-day book club. I'm Lee Smith, your host. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm smiling. I'm so happy uh, to introduce our guest today, uh, J. Michael Waller, uh, who has an extraordinary story to tell in his new book, and I'm going to get him to tell it in his new book. Um, his new book, uh, first of all, I should, I should say that uh, J., Dr. J. Michael Waller, he's an expert in... Uh, uh, an, an expert in propaganda, all the different things that you hear uh, people boasting about when they talk about disinformation and misinformation, all these fraudulent things that are actually just rationale for censorship, uh, for, for censoring Americans' opinions that they don't like. Mike has worked on this for decades. He uh, was a, a cold warrior, among other things. And Mike has seen how our intelligence agencies have gotten uh, rotten. And that's the subject of his new book, which is called Big Intel, how the CIA and FBI went from Cold War heroes to deep state villains. What's gone wrong with the FBI and CIA? How much of it is strictly domestic, uh, strictly domestic and how much of it has to do with uh, foreign adversaries purposefully destroying our security agencies? Yeah, well, there's a lot there. Um, as with any organization run by people, there are always going to be faults and problems and mistakes and things we don't like, and that's natural. There, so, so big intel is not about policy failures or wrongdoing or, or mistakes or anything like that. It's it's about uh, tracing what Diana West calls the the um, the uh, red thread. And that's that's the the chain of custody or the ideological chain of custody from the origin of something to the present day, much like a, a legacy or an inheritance would be traced over generations. So today's wokeness, it comes from critical theory, which is, uh, it's a Marxist concept. It's, it's, it's a driver of what we call cultural Marxism, where the fight in regular quote, traditional Marxism is economic, you know, the poor toiling masses versus the wealthy bourgeoisie. But the original Karl Marx of 1843 didn't view things in economic terms. Before he wrote Das Kapital and the Communist Manifesto, he wrote about a cultural war. And the war has to be tear down the oppressors, and the oppressors are um, all of Western traditions, Judeo-Christian, Greco-Roman, you name it, tear it all down, destroy it all, and then start new. Uh, he didn't get any traction with that in 1843, so he went into his economic theory that most people think of as, as regular Marxism and have embraced as that. But right around, right shortly after the Bolshevik Revolution, a lot of Central European communist intellectuals thought, we can't have Bolshevism in Europe. It's not going to work. Let's rip down culture. So you had this in the Belakun Bolshevik regime in Hungary, very briefly. A guy named Georgi Lukács was, he was an architect of the Red Terror for this purpose. They were ousted quickly. He moved to Moscow, and he, along with Felix Trzinski, who founded the Cheka, which was the originator of the Soviet KGB, and others, gathered in 1922 to say, okay, how can we tear down culture 
in Europe and ar- around around the world so that we could just collapse everything, destroy it. And so this became the nexus of the Frankfurt School, which located in Frankfurt, Germany, designed to tear apart Weimar Germany after World War I to polarize the country, to set Germans against one another so the communists, as they hoped, would be able to seize power in this vacuum as society collapsed. The problem for them was Hitler beat them to it. So in our good, naive way as Americans, what did we do? We allowed the Frankfurt School people, these these were Soviet agents and communist ideologues who vowed to overthrow and destroy our country. We brought them in as teachers, as professors, as journalists, as others, to spread this idea of cultural Marxism which became known as the Frankfurt School, based out of now Columbia University. And from there, it went to train teachers, law students, international relations experts, national security figures, and so forth, and spread around the country. So over the decades, you had people like uh, theorists like Herbert Marcuse, who was a big intellectual of the American New Left. So the Soviet Union is, is, a, is a sort of a stodgy model. It didn't really work. Let's Let's combine, you know, Freud's, you know, sexual revolution. So your critical sex theory comes out of this and then apply it to American law, critical law theory. So by the 1980s, most American law schools were teaching critical law theory, which wasn't rules of evidence and due process. It was what agenda do we want to achieve by manipulating the law, manipulating rules of evidence, manipulating due process. So where do these law students go? Many of them go into government. They go into places like the FBI. And over time, you had this revolution coming in from below. And it was just waiting for a time when there would be people on the top to elevate such individuals for ideological purposes. George W. Bush, but went after 9-11, when he said, no terrorists are going to kill any more Americans again at home, we're going to centralize our intelligence community from the top to make sure there are no gaps. But what happened from that was a guy like Obama then succeeds him takes that centralization and then imposes his fundamental transformation of America through the top. And this is how we arrived at where we are. It sounds, um, it sounds uh, dark, Mike. I want to give you a chance. Uh, I want to give you a chance to say that there is some sort of hope. If the hope is not with the FBI and CIA, what is the hope? Is there a way to turn this around? You say that there are patriots there are, of course, patriots, people who, who, who love the country all over the country, but inside the government as well. What do we what do we do? I, 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 I need to hear some, I, I need some sunlight after the darkness. No. Oh, well, I'm the wrong guy to talk to, but I'll try. So. So, yeah, no, really, there, there is. You, you, it really requires leadership. Most people in a bureaucracy, they're going to do what they're told. That's their job to do what they're told. And and if they want to get promoted, they need to get promoted. They're going to do what the boss really wants beyond just being told. So that's sort of natural. They're not being heroes. They're just, they're public servants and that's their thing. So you do have people to work with there. They will do as, as instructed with the right leadership. But you also have these woke, malicious or revolutionary, I would say even subversive individuals who are there for a different reason. They're there to push cultural Marxism through our entire society. And, and once you've penetrated the very instruments of government designed to protect us against hostile foreign 
regimes and movements and threats to our constitution. Once you've penetrated those institutions and compromised them, that's a problem. The laws don't allow us to fire all those people. So I think right now the FBI has proven and it's proven to Congress by not being responsive to oversight committee questions. They have nothing but contempt for the democratically elected institutions. They view themselves as a state within a state. So what we need to do is take the FBI's most important functions where they're either being done well or they could be done well and parcel them out to, say, the criminal branch of the FBI, bring it over to the U.S. Marshals, which really hasn't had a serious scandal and it's not as woke Take the uh, counterintelligence element of the FBI and put it in a small organization right now that, that deals with, that already exists, but it deals with counterintelligence. It's just not part of the FBI. Same with cyber, same with fighting narcotics. Move it all over to DEA. And by now, the FBI is nothing but a stump. Get rid of the rest of that and just let the FBI go the way other bureaucracies have gone. Makes sense that with eight years of Bill Clinton's presidency, another eight of Barack Obama's, and now the last three under Joe Biden, there are lots of Marxist and other leftist America haters entrenched in our intelligence community, along with the other branches of our government. While we're on the subject of the deep state and election integrity and anxiety, what will the deep state do? How will it respond to the threat to its existence if Donald Trump should succeed in securing our elections and gets himself reelected? Here's audio from conservative commentator Mr. Reagan, as he goes, on his YouTube channel recently. It's titled... The Deep State Plan If Trump Wins. Please play soundbite four. What if Donald Trump wins in 2024? Mr. Reagan. This video is speculative. I'm speculating about what happens if Donald Trump wins the presidential election. And my conclusions are not good. Now, you've all heard that Trump was taken off the ballot in Colorado, and I'm sure you've all heard the more recent news that he was taken off the ballot in Maine. These are unconstitutional abuses of power, and these cases will certainly go to the Supreme Court and will undoubtedly be shut down. However, this shows the desperation of the deep state. The deep state is willing to expose their own corruption just to keep Donald Trump out of office. And why are they so desperate? Well, we know the answer to that. They do not control Donald Trump. And Trump is committed to taking down the deep state. And so Trump poses an existential threat to the deep state. The last time Donald Trump was president, he put a big dent in the deep state and he temporarily shut down some of their operations. The spigots through which the corrupt money flowed through Washington were twisted down and that flow dwindled to a slow drip. And so they desperately want to avoid another Donald Trump presidency. But more than that, they want to stop anyone like Trump, anyone they don't control from ever being president ever again. And so the plan of the deep state will not just be about keeping Donald Trump from interfering with their corruption. It's about taking full control of the country and taking full control of the vote in every future election. So if Trump is elected, what's the plan? Well, I think I figured it out. A Donald Trump election actually provides the deep state with a unique opportunity. It provides an opportunity to make Donald Trump 
look bad, look really bad. It's an opportunity to make the American people truly believe that Trump is the authoritarian dictator that the mainstream media has been insisting that he is since 2015. Now, it has been speculated that Donald Trump is so ahead in the polls and that he will do so well in 2024 that the Democrats cannot beat him even with a fixed election. Scott Adams presented a rather dire observation regarding this on X. He wrote, Trump's polling strength has already put him beyond the margin of cheating in a hypothetical rigged election. That's the bad news, because it means that the other options for Democrats to stop him move to the front. Has Biden removed Trump's Secret Service protection yet, or is that play reserved for Kennedy? In other words, Trump is doing so well in the polls, it may actually have put him at risk for assassination. And a lot of people agree. However... I don't think that this will happen. If Trump were to be assassinated, it would almost certainly trigger a civil war, or at least a coup d'etat. The deep state probably does not want a civil war. They they probably do not want a coup. Most people are afraid of death, even the leaders of the deep state. Civil wars and coup d'etats are unpredictable things. They can get very messy. And you never know who might get caught in the crossfire. These people are not warriors. They're white-collar criminals. They're cowards. I think they're afraid of civil war. And I think that they've shown they're afraid. I think that the January 6th PSYOP and their disproportionately aggressive response to it was, in part, an attempt to tamp down any serious thoughts of civil war. Innocent protesters have been arrested and held in terrible conditions, convicted of crimes they did not commit, and sentenced to absurd stretches in federal prison. The FBI and the deep state was trying to send a message with these arrests, these trials, and these convictions. That message, if you rise up against us, we will destroy you. And why did they do this? Why did they send this message? Because they're afraid. They're afraid that a real insurrection would end them. But the plan backfired. Those with a willingness to revolt are now more resolved than ever. So I don't think the deep state will try to take out Donald Trump. It's too dangerous. And furthermore, as I said, if Trump is elected again, it may actually provide a unique opportunity for the deep state, not only to destroy Trump, but to end the possibility of anyone they do not control from ever being elected president ever again. So I don't think the deep state will take out Donald Trump. But if Trump is elected, what is the deep state planning? Ever since he announced his first presidential campaign in 2015, the mainstream media has warned us that Trump will be an authoritarian dictator. Unfortunately for them, Trump was president for four years and he did not act in any way dictatorial. They created the whole January 6th PSYOP in order to sell this dictator lie to the American people. But it didn't work. Trump is now more popular than ever, but they still keep saying it. Why? First of all, some people in the American voting public believe it. They believe that Trump is a dictator or will be a dictator. But here's the thing. I suspect that the deep state really does believe that under the right circumstances, they think they can sell this lie to the American people. But how? Well, in order to convince the American people that Trump is a dictator, the deep state would have to compel Donald Trump into taking real dictatorial action. They would need to compel Trump to assume emergency powers or to declare martial law or something similar to that. Now, I believe that they tried to compel him to take this sort of drastic action last time he was president with the BLM and Antifa riots. But Trump did not take the bait. So now they need to give Trump an even bigger reason, something Trump can't ignore a terrorist attack. 
Now, I've thought through this from every angle, guys, and I truly believe this. I believe the deep state is planning a massive terrorist attack in 2025. Follow my logic on this. The border has been open since 2021. This tweet from Molly Hemingway says it all. On his first day in office, Biden issued seven executive orders going out of their way to destroy the border protections his predecessor had enacted. Seven. And he kept going. Why do we pretend that the border disaster is anything other than completely intentional? The president has the ability today, right now, this morning, he could do executive orders. He could stop this. This administration likes illegal activity in the form of immigration. They support it. They're leaving the borders open on purpose. This is not an accident. And we know terrorists are crossing in. Here's House Homeland Security Chairman Mark Green with me here last weekend on the number of people apprehended at the border who were actually on the U.S.'s terrorist watch list. 294 terrorist watch list folks since this president came to office. Compare that to only 11 during the entire Trump administration. My friend Ashley Clare broke a story just the other week about migrants being flown around the country in first class, paid for, of course, by you, the American taxpayer. I'm at the Phoenix airport right now. I'm waiting to board my flight to New York, uh, to JFK. And it looks like we have a whole lot of migrants who are also boarding this flight that the U.S. taxpayers are paying for. Premium seats on Delta, (laughs) shipping them out to New York City because guess what? Everywhere else is at capacity. So they have these sanctuary cities like New York that they're now shipping these migrants to that we're all paying for. We've never quite understood why the border is open. We've speculated. We know that Democrats expect the next generation of immigrant children to vote for them. But the terrorist threat is very real. And the Biden administration seems to be completely ignoring it. But maybe they're not ignoring it. Maybe that is the whole point. I don't really agree with uh, Mr. Reagan's conjecture here, although he's got some points. And it is possible that such events as he's describing are could could take place. I I don't think anything's off the table for these criminals in charge of our government. I think you know assassination. It's more likely that to me that we will see widespread rioting as we did in 2020, maybe even worse across the nation by Antifa and Black Lives Matter communist groups triggered by the radicals now in charge of or otherwise supporting the current occupant of the White House should Trump be reelected in 2024. We will have to see. But whatever happens, I'm sure we are facing unprecedented danger and violence coming up on and after this year's election should Trump and allied candidates win. As always, I am in no way advocating any type of violence by anyone in response to these perilous threats and dangers we are facing. Indeed, that's exactly what the political left wants their opponents to do. Not only is it counterproductive, but it plays into the hands of our opponents for propaganda purposes. Just look at what happened with the thoroughly infiltrated, as I understand it, January 6, 2021, Stop the Steal election protests at the U.S. Capitol building. And the legitimate people who were there, the Trump supporters, not the ones led on by the undercover people and the Antifa people and so forth, which have been reported to have been there in force. But they got hoodwinked at doing this and going in there and committing vandalism and trespassing and so forth. But it was used 
and they have suffered greatly from it. Many of them, these long prison sentences being held in solitary confinement and everything. But it was used as this massive propaganda situation by the left and their minions supporting them on the right. People like Liz Cheney. Anyway, the key objective now for Trump and his supporters is winning the 2024 election and ensuring Republican, real Republican, wins in other political offices in Congress and across the country to enable a true and legitimate transfer of power. Those who love America as we have known it and want to safeguard its continued existence. To do that, we've all got to stand together, eliminate peacefully the traitors among our fellow Republicans who have been sabotaging the cause of freedom and secretly supporting the Marxist revolution currently engulfing us, and stand up to resist the tyranny of the communist and totalitarian globalists seeking our utter destruction and enslavement. And this would include things like state legislatures sending their people and their state law enforcement to take over these corrupt vote counting centers in Maricopa County and other places like Philadelphia and Detroit, and making sure that the state and federal laws and the Constitution are followed. Not like what we saw in 2020. This will be no mean feat. And we don't have a lot of time left to accomplish these things. It's high time we get started. Don't you think? That's all for another show. As always, we hope you found today's content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted soon on the Jim Benson Show pages here at bbsradio.com. Look for us with another live show two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening.